All right, everybody. Good morning, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We continue our way through the AFC South team by team capsules as we're preparing for the 2021 football season. Wiz, happy Saturday to you. How's it going? It's going uh, going well, and I'm looking forward to talking about the uh, Indianapolis Colts. There's uh, a lot of interesting developments. Uh, uh, coming into this year, uh, you know, especially at the quarterback position, where uh, uh, a guy who a few years ago was probably on his way to win the MVP and he got hurt, and then the team won the Super Bowl without him, and then the saga and drama that went on uh, last year between Carson Wentz and the Eagles, and now he reunites with Frank Reich, and uh, a very interesting development and overall for the Indianapolis Colts upcoming season. Yeah, so probably the best landing spot that you can actually think of for a player like Wentz to be reunited with Frank Reich, who was the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia in the year that they won that Super Bowl. You know, Nick Foles was was the guy that ended up delivering the championship in the end, but certainly Carson Wentz had a big say in getting that team there, and, and they're reunited. And look, this is a very different team. One of the biggest things that, that killed the Eagles last year was that offensive line. The injuries just decimated it. They, they basically lost their top seven or eight guys along the way. Um, their, their depth was destroyed. It affected every facet of the game. Not that they necessarily had a tremendous receiving core, but, you know, he comes to an Indianapolis Colts team. They made the playoffs last year with Phillip Rivers. They were a very, very good offense, and I think they at times they could run the ball and, and, and really make it very difficult for you, and there were some games where they put the ball in Phillip Rivers' hands, and he became a big factor in, in what it meant for the end of that game, and uh, you know, I think Wentz is in a great situation. Uh, look, he's a quarterback last year. When you, he only played 12 games last year. He had, he, he, he was picked off 15 times, and he was sacked 51 times, which those are astounding numbers. And he comes to a team like the Colts, who I think in the last three years total have allowed 70 quarterback sacks. So it's a very, very different story. Now, there is an opening on the Colts offensive line. Uh, Anthony Costanzo, the the very talented all-pro left tackle, he's gone. They did sign Eric Fisher, but he's recovering uh, from an Achilles injury. So we're probably not going to see him play until probably halfway through the season. But I do think, Wiz, this is a great spot for Carson Wentz. I think you might have something to say about the guy backing him up in in case – Something does happen with Wentz where his confidence seems to be broken, but that doesn't seem to be the case. The, the reviews coming out of Indy so far have been very positive, and I think Carson Wentz landed in the absolute perfect spot for him to kind of redeem himself and turn his career around after the disappointments in Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I, I have not been the biggest Carson Wentz fan. Um, I felt he you know, was overrated and uh, where he was ranked was was off base. I, I've always felt he was a better schoolyard-type player when play, play, plays broke down. He was able to use his athletic ability. I never liked um, his reads on plays, his his lack of, of awareness of the pocket closing in, his, his, his always wanting to make hero-type plays instead of throwing the ball away and, and, and living the fight another down. And I think that's, uh, that's you know, a different story uh, coming into this year because I think he has a calming effect, as you mentioned, with Frank Wright. He has an elite offensive line and probably most important, he has a guy in Jonathan Taylor that I think he can just hand the ball off to who could win games for Colts and dominate the games with their running game and offensive line and let Carson Wentz play 
off of that. So I'm a little bit higher this year on Carson Wentz than the general fantasy community is uh, this season. And I think if you draft a rock-solid quarterback as your number one, if you draft a Russell Wilson, if you draft a Ryan Tannehill, then I think it's fine to go out there and draft a Carson Wentz as your second guy and maybe certainly have confidence in a, in a bi-week start or even a stream start here and there, as long as you're not relying on Carson Wentz for the entire season and you could kind of see how it plays out as the season goes along. I think Carson Wentz makes for a fairly interesting number two quarterback. And like I said, as long as you have a rock-solid one guy, I wouldn't go out there and, let's say, draft uh, Justin Fields or Jalen Hurts as my number one guy and then have Carson Wentz as my number two guy. It's funny that I say Jalen Hurts one and Carson Wentz two, considering they were teammates last year. But what I'm saying is you don't want like a guy that can also be kind of in, have an experience and be unpredictable and erratic as your number one guy. Like I want a rock solid guy as my number one, and then I think that's a good combination with Carson Wentz as my number two. How do you view it this year with Carson Wentz. Yeah, I would say that's right. So if we look at what Phillip Rivers did last year in this offense, and, and the Colts offense was ranked 10th in the NFL last year overall. Now, that combines with their rushing attack. Wiz mentioned Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, who Wiz and I both thought would be a factor in fantasy last year. And by the way, if you own Naheem Hines, and we'll talk about him in a minute, he was definitely, you know, there were, there were six or seven games last year where I think Hines actually single-handedly could have won games for teams because he had such big games because in the passing game. Uh, but I think, I look at Phillip Rivers last year, who was able to throw for 4,100 yards. He had 24 touchdowns. I think he only threw for 11 picks. I, I could see when easily having that type of year and I think you know last year Philip Rivers was not we we saw Philip Rivers with the Chargers where he was asked to kind of force the ball down the field throw the ball 650 times that's not going to be the case here he, he threw the ball 540 times last year and I see that being the same situation and you add the dimension that Wentz, who does run the ball, I, I know, Wiz, you don't want him winning too many games with his legs either, but he does give you a little bit of that, uh, which Phillip Rivers does not. So I, I do like Philip, I, I do like Carson Wentz as a, as a number two quarterback. I think he could be a good filler, and, and, and I think he might surprise us and even you know, a, you know, broach those numbers that Rivers had last year. Yeah, and he's definitely going to bring something to the table that Rivers can, you know, has never been able to bring, and that's a bit of a running game. And I could absolutely see them with Taylor on the field using that read option. And I think Carson Wentz is going to have about five or six rushing touchdowns this year, just based on that and some decent rushing games. Because I, I believe that they will install that in the offense and let Carson Wentz use his athletic ability. And when you have a, you know, a second-year player like Jonathan Taylor, who you know, it's obvious to see from his talent that he's going to be one of the best players in the league for a, for a long time, they, that makes that read option that much more effective. So I think you're going to see Carson Wentz add some rushing touchdowns to the table this year as well. The thing is, on the Colts, they're going to have a new offensive coordinator. Marcus Brady is going to be the offensive coordinator. He's a former quarterback's coach with the Colts, so they've moved him up um, because 
you know, the two top offensive coaches on this roster, have, oddly enough, they've gone to Philadelphia, and that's Sirianni, and he also took Gannon with him. So, yeah, look, I like I like the spot that he's in, so I'm happy about that. Uh, we'll segue into the rushing game, and, you know, as you mentioned, Jonathan Taylor, he was really a beast in the second half of the season, uh, probably top five running back. He had 650 rushing yards in his last five regular season games. He kind of slowed down a little bit in that game against Buffalo in the playoffs with Buffalo is a, a more difficult defense. I think the one benefit that the Colts get as a team, you know, they're playing against bottom 10 defenses. If you look at Jacksonville last year and Tennessee last year, Tennessee should be improved defensively. And, and Houston, these defenses are not very good. Six of the Colts games are going to be against these teams. And Jonathan Taylor should have a field day against these teams. And, you know, I mentioned Naheem Hines, a, a big factor in the past game. Uh, you know, he did rush the ball 89 times. He had 76 targets. I, I expect that to con- I continue to expect him to be used in, in that in that manner. I don't believe that Jordan Wilkins or Marlon Mack pose any type of threat. And I think if we look at the second half of the season where Taylor was basically handling 60-odd percent of the touches, maybe close to 65 percent of the touches, I really don't see, outside of an injury, I don't see that changing that much. I think you have to have full confidence in Jonathan Taylor being the bell, bell cow uh, for this team and the sprinkling in Naheem Hines because I think Hines is a very effective player and as Wiz alluded to, behind a very, very strong offensive line. Yeah, I mean, so Jonathan Taylor enters, this, enters last year as a rookie in a COVID world where he couldn't be around the offense and, and the offseason and, and, you know, and, and the weeks leading up to the season were uh, very unusual. Uh, maybe it took him a, a little while to get acclimated. He was not used uh, as a bell cow for a good part of the year. He missed a game because of COVID. He had one fumble, and then it seemed like the coaching staff was trying to teach him a lesson for a couple of games, put that all in the mix, and the guy had 1,500 yards of total offense. He had 11 rushing touchdowns, one receiving touchdown. To me, um, I could see him getting close to 2,000 yards worth of offense this year. Um, and he can, he can catch the ball, Wiz, right? He catches the ball very, very well out of the backfield. But a player like him, you want to get him in the open field because he's so big and strong and fast. So, you know, it, 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 with all of those things working against him last year, you know, co- you know, close to 1,600 yards, I mean, 1,568 of, of total offense last year, and now you put in second-year running back. We saw what Montgomery did from his first to second year. Around the team, more confidence. Um, there's a lot of things to love about Jonathan Taylor and uh, – yeah, I, I, I love the player, and I think Nakeem Hines has some flex uh, appeal. You could maybe put the player as a flex starter in, in a week that you're kind of hurting, and, you know, running back or, or something like that, because he will be part of, a, of, the, of the, you know, the passing game. The one thing I will say is Phillip Rivers is much more uh, elite at throwing that little pass to running backs. He's done that his whole career. And Carson Wentz, not so much. So I'm, I'm not sure if that's going to take a little bit of value away from a player like Hines, who's really reliant on on a, you know receptions. But as far as um, as far as Jonathan Taylor goes, um, you know, just just 
absolutely love the player. And Hines in the PPR league, I think, could be drafted as a flex as well. And then if you have Jonathan Taylor and you want to draft Hines uh, as a kind of a handcuff, um, I think that's fine as well. Let me let me ask you on Hines. Is, is it become a situation with him um, if you're looking at a game where the Colts are going to be a little bit more competitive against a better offensive uh, opponent? Is it kind of getting like the James White situation in those heyday years with the Patriots where his value might be a lot stronger in games against more elite competition because of the way the game flow will play out? I think that's a great point. If you look at his six-division opponents, they're all against marshmallow defenses. I mean, you know, with the Jags and the Texans and, and the Titans, you know— you know, I think they, they wanted Julio Jones because they realized they're going to give up a lot of points. So there's not going to be that many games where the Colts are going to have to throw almost every down in the second half. So I think the combination of, you know, Wentz is the quarterback, the improvement in the, and, the, and the skill of Jonathan Taylor, and the fact of game scripts, you know, I'm, I'm a little dubious about Hines putting up similar numbers to what he did last year. Yeah, and Hines had seven touchdowns. That's a lot for a, for a second running back to have, right? I think that might be second in the league for a second running back behind Kareem Hunt in terms of touchdowns by the, the, the next guy up. So uh, I think Wiz makes some good points there. I, I think there is some risk for the player. As high as I was on Hines last year going into the season, I, I'm a little bit cooler just because it's a different dynamic. All right, so the receiving core here, Wiz, you know, I, I think there's a lot of different situations. I, I, we've talked a lot about the way players end the season and kind of how you feel about them coming into the next season. Now, you and I both know we, we had uh, T.Y. Uh, T. Hilton on one of our teams. He did nothing for the first 10 or 11 weeks. He started to show up as the season wore on, but he's 31 years old now. I, I think people should memorize and, and realize that that game where Michael Pittman Jr. Was, was hurt for a lot of the season last year, but in that playoff game against Buffalo, he went bananas. And that should be etched in a lot of people's minds about what you could potentially be seeing from this player. Uh, to me, Pittman is, is probably the most likely to be the strongest receiver in this particular group. I would like to see what Paris Campbell does uh, if he can stay on the field. I think that's the biggest risk is injuries. And Hilton will definitely get his opportunity. And I don't want to completely discount Zach Pascal, who actually was extremely productive last year. But this is a run-first team, I do believe. Um, but, you know, I do think Pittman is the guy that I'm kind of keying on. Uh, I have him in one of my dynasty leagues, but I, I think he's the player that you have to keep a close eye on in his development in his second year. Yeah, I think, you know, you know, however you rank it, Pittman and Hilton, Hilton and Pittman, they're one and one A. Uh, you know, I think um, I, I think when I look at Pittman, I'm just kind of wondering if him and Carson Wentz can kind of be, I guess, the Alshon Jeffrey to Carson Wentz's time in the EO with Philadelphia. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering if he could, you know, put up, you know, those kind of numbers, be that big red zone threat, and have that same kind of connection that he had with the, the you know, the big receiver that Wentz had with the Eagles. And you know, T.Y. Hilton, I don't know. I'm just, I'm concerned about. You know, you have the inconsistency of, of him last year, and now you bring a quarterback in who also has a bit of inconsistency. So, you know, I think it makes for, a, I think it makes for a, an interesting situation. Do you see it kind of like a one in one a 
I, I, I do, but I'm, I'm I, you know, again, 31 years old. Uh, I didn't love the inconsistency in T.Y. Hilton last year. So it's something that probably shies me away from the player. And I just, just like I said, the way Pittman finished the season in that playoff game against Buffalo, I, I see him being kind of the main beneficiary in this offense, big target. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. The, 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 the tight ends here, Mo Alley-Cox and, and Jack Doyle. I, I should mention one other name, Wiz. That, that these got, so remember we were talking about um, uh, Trey Burton a little bit last year and it just never kind of shook out um, injuries again. He, he was hurt. But they drafted a player named Kyle Granson and who's got a little bit more athleticism catching the ball. I'll be watching to see what that player does. I'll be watching the preseason development of him because I think Jack Doyle's getting on in years. He's a bit years. He's a bit lead-footed. Uh, I think he dropped a few balls last year. And, and Mo Ali Cox, while a physical specimen, huge guy, former basketball player, uh, he, he's not moving around uh, it, super quick out there. I think Granson is a guy that I want to keep an eye on as kind of like a deep sleeper on the tight end position. Yeah, I mean that, that's fine. I mean, I, you know, I'm not, I, you know, I don't hate that idea. The thing I will say is, in, in, in you know, almost every league, you know, which uses uh, standard rules, you know, you're carrying one tight end and you're just, you know, picking up another tight end on a bye week. And as far as you know, Mo Ali Cox, Grayson, or Jack Doyle, they they probably should not be drafted in any format, just because you know none of them are likely to put up big numbers. They, they were it was very odd and inconsistent how they were used and who was playing well. So for me, it's just a complete situation to avoid. However, when it comes to the kicker and the defense, uh, that's a different story. You know, I think Blankenship. Uh, has ideal conditions on a team that um, it figures to be in control of a, of a fair amount of games, that figures to be in the opposing team's red zone often. So uh, I could see Blankenship being drafted, and the Colts, I believe, are a team that should be drafted in all formats. How about you? Yeah, so, you know, the interesting thing about the Colts, so I agree with you on Blankenship. Uh, perfect conditions. It should be a good scoring offense. Uh, and, and the guy was a pretty consistent kicker last year. So so I do like that situation for him. The defense is quite interesting in that if you look closely at it, the Colts actually in, in, a, in a lot of defensive uh, fantasy leagues actually finished in the top two or three. Uh, and I think they were a big beneficiary. Not, not, not that they had takeaways or a ton of sacks. They had 40 sacks, which I think ranked number 12 in the league. But the big thing for them was scoring touchdowns on returns. They had seven touchdowns on returns, counting kicking and uh, uh, fumble returns and interception returns. That, that's a lot of points that a team can put up for you. Now that's tough to duplicate, but that kind of helped their numbers last year. But you know, this is a this is a this is a defense with some very good players on it. Uh, Darius Leonard, um, DeForest Buckner. They added Pay in, in in the draft this year. They have a good secondary. So yeah, I, I like this defense, and they're in a di- they're in a division outside. I would say uh, you know again, Houston they play twice. Tennessee's a formidable offense, but we don't know what we're going to get with a rookie quarterback in Jacksonville. I think the Colts are a defense that you're definitely going to want to consider. I think they're a top 12 defense in the NFL. Yeah, and anytime you have a, you know, a, you know, a defense uh, on a team that, you know, figures to have the lead in, uh, you know, in, in games, 
I think that's you know uh, that's when you could get after the opposing quarterback and you start building up sacks and sack strip fumbles and interceptions. So it's another reason to kind of like the Colts defense. But uh, yeah, as far as like those touchdowns on returns, those things are difficult to repeat. But uh, all of that said, I think the Colts should be drafted in all formats. Yep, I would I would agree with that, Wiz. All right, well that's going to wrap it up for the Indianapolis Colts Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Make sure you're subscribing. We're doing our team capsules for the 2021 season. And it is on to the Jacksonville Jaguars, where Urban Meyer has stepped in. Look forward to talking about it, Wiz. Great job, as always. Speaking a bit. Got it.